Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of I Cast Fireball, an actual play 5e DD adventure where we go through the campaign Tyranny of Dragons. I'm Thomas, your DM for this adventure, and around the table we have Malamara, Lance Thalen, and Fleeple. The Jank Squad has walked into the camp, the Cult of the Dragon, at the Well of Dragons. This caldera being much larger, much bigger, more populated, and in some instances more fortified than the caldera that was near Greenest all those months ago. But upon entering, they came across a familiar face, Kawab, who tried to single out Lance Thalen with the yellow scarf, but... Thanks to Jürgen Flergen, <laughs> uh, was able to dissuade Coab from investigating a little bit further. Him having one too many to drink. Very reminiscent of where we last left Coab all those months ago. Well, this impressed one of the members of the camp that they were currently at, the Butcher. And with some wonderful meal offerings for this section of the camp. The butcher kindly invited them to reside in the Raythia section of the cult. Now, after some conversations, some judgments of her towards Lance, fanaticism, and some deftly palmed platinum, the butcher was quite fond of our adventurers here with their names, Gerga, Jürgen Flergen, and Fallen. They set out to accomplish their own task separately, with Lance deciding to go investigate the entrances to these lava tubes while Mal and Fleeple were gonna go hopefully make some more friends with some of these, this food that they are bringing to the camp. And that is where we join our adventurers this week on ICAST Fireball. So, who wants to start first? Ours is less adventurous. We could do ours first and let Jake figure out what he's doing. I already know what I, I I'm I'm in. I'm in. No, I'm sure. He's already done it. He's already it's done. done. Camera's over. That's how sneaky he was. He already recorded it and it's ah. done. Surprise. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> Jacob, I DM'd myself. It was fine. Hey, I will never twenty again. every time. Are you sure? I trust oh you. Thank goodness. you. Oh, inspiration to you. Inspiration to me. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Great. Let's start with Gerga and Jürgen Flergen. Jürgen Flergen! Uh, which, that's very Swedish, so and I realize that is not a German accent no, at all. So, Jürgen Flergen. <laughs> uh, so. Yeah, as we're walking along, trying to get to the camp with the Red Dragon cultists, I'm like, we just need to figure out which of the camps Coab went to, and as soon as it's dark, we sneak in there, because, you know, we just, we can't have any loose ends in this camp. It's just too dangerous. Mal looks down at Fleeple slowly. What what happened to you out there while you were chasing dragons? Uh, are you okay? Are no. You okay? Realistically, no. Um, none of us are okay. But, you know, we'll, we'll worry about Coab later. I'm sure that, you know, realistically, I'm sure that Lance will take care of that by the time we get back to him. But... 
<laughs> but in any case, yes. Oh, here we are at the, the Red Dragon Camp. Oh, look, look at that. the Red Dragon Camp. Here we are. Oh, I'm going to roll to see how far away it was from your current oh, location. Oh, <laughs> here we are. And you're like, you're in the green one. Oh, crap. <laughs> oh, whoops. <laughs> That's what we found colorblind. out. Yes. colorblind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Has been the whole time. Surprise. Has been the whole time. Those oh sunglasses gosh. make colors really hard to distinguish. Uh, yeah, so it's not the next camp over, but it's the next next camp over. So uh, you go, here we are, and you are um, just exiting the previous camp, the green camp. <laughs> so, and you are approaching the red. Now, this is very different. Every section has its own flair, has its own, um, has its own style. This one's very bold, very large. Like there are just a lot of strong and violent people in here in this camp in particular. You smell a lot of fire. You see a lot of smoke. The there is a giant that is residing in this camp itself. Um, this one happens to be a, a fire giant in particular, not associated with the ones that you saw previously. But there is just a, a loud, boisterous noise. There are orcs in this camp. Um, and it is very rough and tumble um, as you walk through. And between the two of you, I'm going to have each of you roll a... Yeah, perception check. Both of you roll a perception check here to try and figure out what, who you should talk to. <laughs> well, that's a 27. That's a six. <laughs> Mal, Gerga, taking on this persona as an orc. Then you see real orcs walking around that are like biting bones off of like animals and like just dribble falling from their mouths. And you go, oh, and Fleeple going, ah, yes, the marrow. That's the me- that's the best part sometimes. Well, but I, uh, I'm not getting distracted here. Looking past this. Um, and you see um, just this massive fire in the center. And there are a lot of people that are actually like turning a large spit of just something over this fire. There are lots of like little things, but a large piece of hunk of meat is on there. And there seems to be a lot of individuals. Not only that, but there is a female Goliath as she is directing traffic and tasting stuff. And she's got this black apron on, almost like a blacksmith's apron. And she seems to be directing um, what to do. And you're like, I bet you she's going to be the person to talk to here. <laughs> Let's see. One other quick thing. I don't know if this could like be a piggyback off of my amazing perception check I just made. But I look around and I see giants in this cultist camp, which feels weird. Uh, do these giants look like they're here of their own volition? Do they look like they're here as slaves or captives of some sort? Yeah, that's going to be a different check for certain. That is weird, isn't it? And Fleeple even knows how weird that is. Uh, maybe it's this glowing rune on your head, but... Uh, it's... Say, is that hidden by the Hat of Disguise, I assume? Oh, yes, definitely. Yes. Yeah, that's definitely <laughs> just, like, hidden by this. It just, like, shines through the disguise. <laughs> I can have you go ahead and roll. Hmm. Probably would be a history check. 
thinking society check again, but some sort of like history or oh, something wisdom based, maybe like something you can discern. People's already maybe? identified how we're yeah insight. That's going to be it. Okay. Say seventeen. 17. So, Fleeple, you've already identified how weird it is that giants are here in the cult of the dragon's camp. Giants and dragons are 100% enemies. Like, they they have, I mean, in ages past, they've fought each other for the land before both of them retreated and the age of humanoids um, arose, essentially. And as you, with your 17, you said? Yes. As you look at this fire giant, you see that there are people around this fire giant that are friendly and like uh, joking with them and uh, conversing with them. But this fire giant does appear to be a little bit, a little bit standoffish with the rest of these people. They're a little bit standoffish. Um, Not like they're interacting, but they keep looking at the fire big slab of meat that's being roasted over the fire and they just are like looking at it in disgust but with 17 that's all you can glean thus far okay well i will i will point out our cook to my friend my friend gerga and we'll uh, head on that direction i suppose mal will unstrap the buck from the horse upon seeing the uh, aggression of the red dragons and sling it over her shoulders in an attempt to f- seem more fearsome. <laughs> mm, okay. Whether or not that works, that's what she does. Okay, as you walk up, you hear this uh, Goliath woman yelling, just orders, uh, just um, yelling and actually like smacking people to the ground. You'll get all the burnt pieces if you don't cook this thing right. Get that thing rotated. Make sure that you keep the juices sweet. And as you approach, this just very angry woman <laughs> turns to you and goes, Ah, fine, give it here. Come on. As she points to what's on your shoulder and, like, gestures towards her. Mal hesitates for a second and looks down at Fleeple because this is obviously a very different reception. Well, come on. And a, and a last minute, are, are, we do, are, we, are we doing this? Are we, are we yes. doing this? Are we yes, of course. Viva Torres, <laughs> this is the best place to get a meal in the entire caldera. <laughs> yeah, well, that's right here. Come on, I don't got time. Get it on this. Get it on and you start spinning it, okay? Yes, if you, would not, if you do not have the time, perhaps we can be of assistance to you. Well, yeah, I do. We've got this whole, this whole camp to feed, okay? Now, quick, if, you, if you're not going to get in line... Uh, then I'll, I'll get somebody else to get in line for you, okay? I look over at Malamara, and you can see that Fleeple's instinct to be where the food is being is kind of taking over. Uh, just kind of looks at Malamara, eyebrows raised. And Mal will take that thing off of her neck. And- As you take it off um, your neck, she grabs it with one hand and lifts it, like, up to her. And she's examining it. She goes, huh, this is a good kill. You did good there. Yeah. All right, and she just uh, takes. Uh, 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 uh. Oh, shut oh up! Come God. on, get on the get on, get on the spigot here. Shut up! <laughs> so she jams a spigot through it, uh, and, she, and she just puts it. And goes all right. Now turn, 
And if you ruin this and she gets really close to you, so help me, I will make you eat every bone of this creature. She's going to roll an intimidation check. That's a nine. <laughs> I will not be intimidated. Okay. <laughs> uh, so as she does, she's like got sweat dripping from her face and her eyes are a little wild. But Mal, how do you react to this nine intimidation here? She will spit on the ground between her feet and then making a big show and start grinding or like spinning it on the spit and starting to cook it that she's doing it begrudgingly but inside she knows it's not because she was intimidated it's because she wants to seem aggressive yeah seeing you're uh, grumbling she goes yeah yeah we all came here with hopes of yeah i I know you're not the first person who said i'm gonna make my name and but look people gotta eat if you don't eat you don't survive, okay? <laughs> so get to spinning. <laughs> you, as she points to you, Fleeple, and goes, what do you bring into the table, huh? Oh, well, you see, I was hoping that perhaps if you have uh, some vine present, maybe some veal stock, we could get some marrow from the bones. I could make a nice Bordelais sauce to really uh, elevate the situation here. Huh, fancy guy, huh? Yes. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> exactly, you got it right. Look at me, and I do a little spin. Go ahead and roll a persuasion check with her. Okay, this is okay. A little bit, uh, a little bit difficult for her. She'd have to go out of her way here to see. So go ahead and roll persuasion. All right, spending a luck point on that one. Whoa! <laughs> uh, that's a seven. Uh, do I spend uh, this? Do I spend another luck point on this? I mean, I want to spend. A, yeah, I'll spend a luck point on this. Natural twenty. She like looks at you as you go, ah, and she's like, and you go, ah, (laughs) she's like, hmm. And then finally you do the spin and flourish and pull out these like fancy knives that you've like stolen from Bevan all those years, like months ago. Mm -hmm. And she goes, all right, fancy guy. I think I got something for you. Come with me. Come on. And at that moment, she grabs, like, a little gnome who is supposed to be spinning, goes, What did I say if you weren't going to be spinning anymore? And she chucks him across the courtyard, just shot puts him away from the fire, and somebody immediately comes over and just starts spinning next to Garga as well. Goes, All right, come on. You got me on a good day. Let's go. And so she takes you, Fleeple, uh, to go um, make some fine foods here. While Mal, you are stuck spinning a hot piece of metal. <laughs> She'll uh, be grunting, grunting to the orcs next to her. <laughs> she just watches Felipe. Slowly walk away. Walk away. You, you heard, you've heard of the Swedish chef? This is the Siberian chef. Uh, <laughs> the Siberian chef. I might have to keep Jurgen Lerman in my quiver of backup characters. He's he's the new chef class that we're going to create or, or <laughs> take from. <laughs> I've got a third party chef class from DM's Guild. Don't, don't test true. me. It's true. They have made those. That's right. <laughs> While this is going on, and Gerga and. Flurgen, Jürgen, Jürgen Flurgen. Let's Jürgen go to Lance. <laughs> Let's go to Lance. 
Lance. Yes. You are invisible. I'm going to have you roll a stealth check. With advantage. Yes, with advantage, because you're invisible. And, and my see. boots give me triplet no, I'm sorry. <laughs> False. Mm. That's going to be still 30. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um. <laughs> so much, so much resignation in that. Just like, <laughs> it's like in one word, Thomas just said, this is my world now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. All right. Lance. You have an hour with your invisibility, and rolling a 30, you are well aware that you can go almost anywhere as long as magic doesn't prohibit you, right? Now, you can go north, you can go south, but you're going to go for these lava tubes, right? Yes. And you can see that there are many entrances many different types of lava tubes. You just go into the closest one, whether it's north, south, or are you going to a specific side of the caldera? Uh, I don't think we have so much knowledge. I don't think Lance has a location in mind. He's just going to find one. Okay, sounds good. The closest one for you, the entrance, I should say, of one is probably down south here. Kind of at the border between the black and the red. Exactly, yeah, between uh, uh, the, well, the green and the black is what we'll say. So not too far, and you almost follow Mal and Fleeble for a little bit before you break off and start to observe the entrances and the exits of this lava tube. You saw lava tubes being used for entrances, for exits, as you walked through, because you and your crew... They walked through. You walked through for quite a while before you stopped and you ended in the, um, the the black camp. This entrance is being unused, basically. In fact, I'll even just read a little bit of the description of this lava tube from the book itself. It says no cultist has used this entrance for quite some time. There are no guards. There are no cultists walking out, walking in at all that you can see from this entrance right now. This is on the southern part of the caldera and it seems to just gradually go into the caldera and nobody's using it for some reason. Hmm. Lance not seeing anyone use it. This is like, because I'm curious, obviously, why, why wouldn't anyone go in there? But at the same time, I feel like, well, if no one's going in there, it's not important because if people, if this is supposed to get to the higher-ups, why would nobody be using it? Lance, I'll have you roll a nature check, actually. No. Yeah, that's not going to work. Okay, let's just try luck of the rolls here. Oh, holy. <laughs> holy crap. Uh, that's 22. <laughs> wow. Whoa. I rolled an 18, and I got a 4 on nature because my intelligence Goodness. is okay. Goodness Gracious. And you have better nature than the druid. <laughs> uh, that's one of the big flaws of D&D, where they're like, druids, wisdom, but not nature. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Lance, you're having these thoughts of like, why aren't they using this? This is so weird. So such an anomaly. And as you start to bring 
these thoughts into your mind, you actually hear some of the undead in your mind that are surrounding this area. And it's all it's it's all just like a jumble of words until you start to single somebody out, until you start to tune into a voice that you feel could help you in any given moment. And it's at this moment you feel this soft, gentle voice. And the gentle voice goes, ah, oh, well, that's a shame, this entrance. Looks like uh, 60 years has not done this entrance well. <laughs> well, I guess that's to be expected. I mean, look at the rock, the overgrowth. That's a shame they didn't maintain this at all whatsoever. But uh, I suppose when you have an umber hulk that initially uh, collapsed these tunnels in the first place, that's uh, going to cause disuse and uh, it really has hidden itself well here. And as you listen to the voice, some things you gather is the entrance fell into disuse because something happened in the tunnels as a result to cause people to stop using it. And because it was stopped being used, you actually realize you're the only person that recognized that this is an actual tunnel going into the caldera. Like the actual entrance itself is far from the camps and it's more set into the caldera side, and it's almost like it's protected by some of these boulders in front of it. And you thought that was intentional, but now you're realizing, oh, this was like a natural formation here. It seems to have been forgotten about, at least from the outside, nobody is paying attention to it. But from your nature check, you that's what you've gathered and why you were able to single it out, why you were able to be like, oh, this is clearly an entrance but why maybe nobody else is noticing it's an entrance. All right, we might have found a back door. And Lance will then not go into the tunnel. He's just going to save that to the side, and he will go to the next one he can find because he's thinking if we do use this tunnel in the end, we still need to know what's expected down there, and maybe I can get bits of information. Yes. This one you're actually following the path of uh, Mal and Philippe. <laughs> you're going through the green camp and you're you're almost going into the red camp. I will have you roll another sleight of hand check because your invisibility will have gone out at this point. Yeah, let me preface it. Before you get to the next lava tube, your invisibility will drop because it will have been more than an hour. So if you want to recast invisibility... I can only cast it once per day. I believe. Yeah, by the by the time you get to the next lava tube, invisibility will have tied up. It's just a long area and investigating that tube and being as sneaky as you are, it's just requires you not to run in a sprint uh, from one lava tube the, to the other. So going to the next lava tube, totally doable. You just won't be invisible anymore. So I'm rolling sleight of hand? I was going to have you roll Sleight of Thin because I thought you could cast Invisibility multiple times. Oh, okay, for the spell. Okay, okay, okay. I get you. But you can only cast it once. So okay. you will be visible if you move forward to investigate these lava tubes, which is fine if that's what you want. Okay. Yeah, it just it sucks because it, it's weird to just be hanging around the tube when others don't know. Or, you know, like, why isn't he going in? Or why is he just hanging around it? Is there by this tube like a natural outcropping or, you know, structure or something that Lance can try and 
like hide around. Mm-hmm. Let's take a look. Let me roll here. There is actually, there is some rocky formations that although, although they're not gonna like, it's not, you're not gonna hide yourself in the cavity of a rock necessarily, but it is gonna maybe allow you to peek behind if people are looking your way or um, it's gonna allow you to be able to be unnoticed for a time if you stand by there. So I'll have you roll, I'll have you roll stealth not with advantage, though, because you are visible now. But no one can hear me with my boots. Oh. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but with how the hustle and bustle of the camp, there's a lot of noise anyway, so they wouldn't have been, most likely would have been able to hear you. Yeah. Um. Let me just double check on one thing. While you're checking, Mal, I'm going to give you an inspiration for Gurga. I just keep thinking about your name, and that is just... <laughs> Just the best. Gerga. Oh, Jurgen? Come on now. He has a full last name. I just, he has a whole just, full character. I I tied I tied backstory to my name. Thomas says, screw that. Mine was meant to be if you if you accidentally forgot what you were supposed to say and you're just like, I did and was making sounds. That was my I'm mainly intention. doing <laughs> I'm mainly doing the inspiration because of the panic on your face oh in the session gosh. when you created that name. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was embodying the character. <laughs> Thomas is rewarding your your improv of that name. Mm-hmm. Alright, stealth roll. Okay, I rolled a six, but with reliable talent, that's a ten, and so with sneakiness, that's twenty-four. Oh my gosh, you have a 14 in stealth? Yep. (laughs) Okay, so you can't ever roll less than a 24 on stealth is what you're saying. Yep, unless it's a one, and then that can be obviously have an effect. Cool, cool. Reliable talent, folks. (laughs) Reliable talent. Well, reliable talent and expertise, because I expertise in stealth, so. (laughs) Insert sigh. Okay, no. Let's go ahead and look at this. Uh, It's a good thing you rolled a 24, honestly, Lance, because as you look, you see that this lava tube, heavily fortified. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten guards and like three drakes just milling about directly in front of this lava tube here. It is heavily fortified. How long are you planning to stay at this entrance by chance? It's been an hour. Um, I'd say another 30 minutes at least. Okay, sounds good. Let me roll something here then. As you are standing and watching for a good 30 minutes, the guard doesn't change. They are not like actively on post and like full attention and nothing's going to break their sight. I mean, they're, they're talking to each other, but each of them are in like full armor. So not just robes, but they're in armor. And that includes like 
face masks that not only cover most of their face, it's like a helmet that actually extends outwards into these like tendrils that you feel are supposed to represent the horns of whatever dragon it may be. Some are straight up, some are curved, some are out, some are just chaotic. These absolutely look like guards on duty. They've they've got their weapons on the ready. They've got, some of them have their drakes on leashes there. This definitely seems to be a fortified position, although they are being a little bit lax at the current moment. After 30 minutes, however, you see one of them pipe up and uh, sort of like hit hit another person right next to him and they all like kind of say something to each other. Uh, they're a little far for you to hear exactly what they're saying, but they're because they're whispering, but they all of them sort of like stand up and stand to attention and they part to the sides of the wall. And that's when a high ranking member of the cult, one in purple robes that you don't recognize, walks out and away from them and they have their own entourage. And while they walk away, the guards are standing at attention and until they're out of sight, and then they all lax a little bit as well. I will follow Purple Robe. Okay, sounds good. I will have you... Yeah, let's have you roll... Ooh, I want it to be a d6, or... Yeah, let's have you roll a d6, please. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want you to roll sneak anymore, because I know what you can do. <laughs> <laughs> I already know you're going to get 24. Six. <laughs> Okay, sounds good. This is into the red um, camp, but as this purple robe and their entourage is walking, the purple robe figure has their hood over their head. And they seem to be walking with purpose. And they have like two guards on either side. And as they enter the red camp, the way parts for them, essentially. Like there's nobody in front of them. There's nobody who dares to stay in the path. And they they circumvent the fire pit. They don't want to get too close to the fire pit. And it looks like they are moving with purpose past and through the red part of the camp. But at one point, there's like a gust that sort of like blows the hood back of the purple cloaked individual. And as the hood falls back and they're sort of brushing stuff out of their eyes, see a familiar figure as they wipe the crud out of their eyes and away from their face uh, attendant hurriedly comes over and pours water on their cloth and as this person in the purple road reaches for the cloth and goes to wipe their face slowly you see the face of vandal as he is cleaning the grime off of his face he cleans himself, cleans his hands, throws the cloth back behind him before he moves his hood back up and walks with purpose out of the red camp and away from you. Oh, I'm following. And I'll text real quick on the side. You shouldn't text and walk, but I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm going to text to <sighs> Gaga and Jurgen. Uh, basically, I will just say I have eyes on Vandal. I'm following. Okay. And Mel's so the one who has, has, has stone the, right now. Yeah, right? I gave my stone to Lance, so you have it, people. Oh, okay. So yeah, I, I get a text while I'm uh, heading over to the kitchens, or I, I, 
me okay, yeah. I take a quick glance at it, take a quick second glance at it, take a quick third glance at it, my eyes getting wider each time, and I just say a quick prayer to Bahamut that Lance will be smart about this, um, because I have appearances to keep up right now. Uh, yeah, I guess that's what Fleeple does. Fleeple? I'm actually going to have you roll a religion check for that prayer. Ooh, baby, yes, I like Because you remember that. the conversation you've had with Bahamut. That's right. He almost petitioned you to be in like, I will help where I can. This is, this is the moment for you to ask and our relationship to be, um, to grow. Okay, that is an 18. 18, okay. I will make a note of that and see if that will come into play if need be in the future. Okay. Give me one sec, I'm just gonna make a quick note here. Never too early to start implementing good DM tactics at the end of a campaign. Yeah, like taking notes. (laughs) Taking notes during Never too late. Especially after we specifically called that out as a good tactic during one of our recent episodes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So Lance, we'll come back to you all. So Fleeple, splitting the party three ways is fun, isn't it? We get three different perspectives of what's going on. This is, <laughs> is just like three, the caldera Mal by Greedus. over there cranking a spit. Yep. You can have a really an athletics check soon enough, Mal. Don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> For endurance, constitution, saving throw. Okay, so Fleeple, this woman uh, has just been yelling at people and uh, hasn't really made conversation with you, uh, but what are you like... I mean, she's going to take you to where she thinks you're going to be able to do the most help with what you suggested, but uh, is there any initiative you want to take here during the, while you're walking or as you get there? Yes, so presumably we are going to be cooking for the highest members of the Order as well. A great honor if we are able to do so. <laughs> yeah, if they come out of that caldera at any time soon. I mean... We'll probably keep a little bit to ourselves, depending how good it is. I mean, if it's not any good, I'm going to kick you out, and uh, uh, hopefully yeah, you better watch your back. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know <laughs> what you're saying, yes. But uh, I... Yeah. Don't worry. Don't worry about me. I will make something that they will want to come out of the caldera for. And, well, I suppose if they are too cloistered in, perhaps we can bring it to them, I suppose. I guess that's how it works. <laughs> yeah, right. You think I've gone in that place? I don't want to go in that place, all right? Too many red wizards for me. And she she just kind of scoffs as she, um, you're getting to, like, the air, her work area, and she grabs a spoon and smacks some of, like, the old meat that was been clinging to it off as she goes, spits on it, kind of rubs some of the dirt out of it. <laughs> yeah. Look, you must be, uh, <laughs> you must be overly eager to try and get into there, okay? Um, uh, yeah. I want no part of that. But hey, if they want food brought to them, you'll be the first person I send, okay? Oh, okay. Yes, I, I suppose that can work, yes. <laughs> uh, as she's, like, getting some of her stuff. Look, all I'm saying is, all the people I've sent in there, they haven't come back out, okay? Oh. So, it's your funeral. No, noted, noted, yes. Uh, but, uh, look, what supplies do you need? Do you need a bowl? I mean, I'm not giving you my bowl, okay? Okay. she, like, uh, looks at you grimacing. Uh, you grimacingly. Wouldn't ha- you wouldn't happen to have a saucier about here, perhaps? Um, this really works best She stares for- at you blankly when you say that. <laughs> okay, yes. Uh, get me a pot and a spoon and we'll be okay. 
Okay, cool. Yeah, she gives you a very deep pot. <laughs> uh, one of those very, very tall that you, um, you're cooking for 50 people types of pots. And she gives you this spoon that, where the handle is like half broken off. Um, and there's some like bits of food on the end of it that you have to like kind of scrape off, eat. Um, maybe you eat, maybe you just don't Please ask. don't eat it. Please don't. Yeah, what's on <laughs> Please there? Please don't eat it. <laughs> yeah, I'll uh, do my best to clean it off. And I look at the deep pot and say, it'll take a vial for the stock to reduce in this. I would like something with a bit more surface hair, but that's okay. Uh, I get the thing and I fill it up with some beef drippings or whatever animals they're cooking. And I'm going to supplement my cooking with my produce flame to get this stock bubbling, get it reducing down uh, so that I can you know, start making my fancy Bordelaise sauce. Great. Yeah, the drippings you have are dragon drippings, actually. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> Wonderful. So very unique, very, um, they, they mix interestingly with the stock that you've got going on here. And, um, I'm going to roll to see what type of dragon drippings there are. Oh, the, the cultists and the dragons have a very interesting relationship going on here. Yeah, well, I mean, you saw that big slab we got out there. Well, a Chardelon, he's the one that brought that to us. Okay. Oh, there oh, there okay. was some dominance. Yeah. There was some dominance up there, and of course, he crushed it. I mean, it, when you want to fi- follow uh, a power that is uh, you know is going to win, you go red, okay? Yeah, Ned knows a lot about a Shardalon, but I, I'm not sure if Fleepa would know a lot about a Shardalon. Yeah, probably not. Okay, yeah, <laughs> we'll, not. We'll, we'll leave that at that. Okay, yeah, this is, interestingly enough, it's uh, it's making your broth a little bit cold so it's starting to congeal a little bit looks like there is some sort of white dragon or wormling that might have been destroyed in dominance with a shardalon there so uh okay yeah okay i can make this work to my advantage i was hoping to gelatinize it so the sickening is going to actually work to uh advantage here so uh i get some wine can, can i get my hands on some wine that i can start reducing in there as well she takes out a flask and is like all right here you are Yeah, I start reducing that along with the stock, get some alliums in there, some garlic, some shallot, and uh, some thyme if they've got it. And yeah, by by the time I'm done, I got this nice thick coat the back of a spoon style sauce that's just going to make Severin absolutely jump out of his socks with excitement. What sort of cooking check can we have you make here? Uh, you said you got that uh, third-party subclass uh, thing, right? Yes, so, the, uh, the cook class. Uh, the cook class? What sort of uh, checks are we making here? Uh, can we make that? Uh, nature? Nature, I know. Maybe. Maybe. Survival for cooking? Your survival might depend on how you do on this, so uh, we could probably go. Sure. Go with, let's go with survival. Oh, man. It's a we'll come up with a, a homebrew cooking thing later on if your next character has as much fascination about um, food as Fleeple does. Yeah, that's going to be a 23. Sure. All right. So we've got a 23, 23 here. Um, 
you're not proficient with uh, Cook's tools, so we can't add proficiency, but you don't mm-hmm. need it. So, yeah, um, I've got my herbalism kit, so that's where the, the herbs come in. That's right, the time and all that coming in. Yeah, it's reduced very nicely, and she goes, huh, you're able to use whiskey and get that, huh? <laughs> well, that's pretty good. Yes, it's uh, just all about knowing the technique, and then you're able to put the ingredients together. However, you know, you take what life throws at you, whatever happens to be in the icebox at the time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not my cup of tea, obviously. Uh, I'm, give me a turkey leg and I'm fine, but... Well, you should try a bit of this. I mean, I, 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 and she takes a little spoon and she goes... I mean, yeah, I mean, it tastes good, but uh, seems like a lot of fluff. I mean, no offense to you fancy, fancy people over here, but uh, it just seems like a lot of unnecessary uh, hoobla um, for something when you could be spending that time uh, getting some good old red meat. Yes, well, you see, the, those people in the purple robes over there, they're all about fluff, if you ask me. So I think this is, this is going to be just what they want. Yeah, she kind of, like, scratches her chin at that and goes... Huh, that's what they want, huh? Okay, okay. We got a recruiter around here. Yeah. Why don't we take this to um? We take this to the tents. See what they say. All right. Um, she's definitely impressed with what you've been cooking up here. What you've been doing. She goes. Ah, first, we got to make sure that meat isn't burned and just uh, I don't have to kill a few people. All right. <laughs> but, <laughs> Yes, Looks like you're off the hook today, bud. Oh, good. Don't worry. Gerga is a very good cook. I don't know who that is. And <laughs> with that, we go <laughs> to Mel. Um, <laughs> so Mel, yeah, athletics to just slowly move this spit along to where your arms don't get too tired. You don't uh, have to rest them. Boon roll an athletics check. A 26. <laughs> you guys, do you have reliable talent? <laughs> No, you just have only asked me to roll my highest statted things, except for perception. Oh, man, it's like... Uh, yeah, I only go. have intimidation in athletics. That's all she is. It's like, I'm a two-trick pony, <laughs> and I rage. Okay, so while other people are like, they're like, I've been at this for hours. My arms are going to fall off. You're just like, oh. I mean, because you got like halflings. You've got like... Um, humans, uh, some of them look like emaciated, like haven't eaten very well, or like that they just are very sickly people, and you're just like... (laughs) (laughs) Is there any sort of initiative you want to take over here, Amal? Everyone's kind of got their moment. Fleeple getting in touch with this um, Goliath. Lance doing all of his scouting. It's kind of your turn right here, Amal. What are you you hoping to gain, or what would you like to do here? Was... Did Lance pass through the red camp? He passed through the red camp, but not by the fire, okay. because Vandal wouldn't be caught dead near that horrific place, that, that uh, lowly place when it's not even his camp. I don't blame him as I'm churning this thing. Um, no, I think that Mal's just keeping an eye on the direction that Fleepo went in, and just gaining a sense of how the people are in this camp. In the black camp, it seemed like there was some form of caring about each other, or at least the butcher was making food for others. And in this one, it seems a lot harsher. And so just gaining a understanding and a reference for how the different camps treat each other. 
Yeah, go ahead and roll. Um, what do we want to call that? Let's do insight. Let's do an insight check there. Sure. Is this also your best stat? Nope. Terrible stat. I have a negative <laughs> one to that. Uh, 13. I mean, Mal, you're very intuitive um, with what you set forth. It is definitely, there's there are some very distinct differences between each of these camps. Even going through the green, it was more opulent. It was more uh, shiny, if you will. It was more um, status in the green that seemed to be to seem to emanate. The red, very brutal. You're like, huh? This doesn't. This is not too far off from some of the tavern brawls I've had in my time as a caravan or in my time as uh, trying to avoid the orcs. The savageness of it. There, savage might be a good word for it. A civilized savagery. Perfect. You can see a lot of downcast faces who have been put on spigot duty here. Maybe this isn't the most prestigious uh, status place, but there are definitely those who have their gangs, um, their pockets of people who they have power over or who follow them because they have power. Um, But there is actually a fight that breaks out not 30 feet from where you are, where swords are drawn and these two people just go at it until they wrestle and one person chokes the other person out to either unconsciousness or death. You don't know. All you know is that the, the loser gets their body dragged away and all of their followers either scatter or slowly migrate to the new, to the victor and their gang and their power. It's a very, what, dog-eat-dog world here? Very uh, unpleasant. So as she's churning the meat, she's making a show of her strength and her endurance and growling at anybody who gets too close or looks at her or whatever and just using that intimidating presence to keep anybody away and so she can kind of keep an eye on Fleepo but also trying to radiate power to these people to um, not necessarily gain a reputation but she's not keeping as low a profile here let's have you roll an intimidation check with that then Uh, 26 (laughs) I will roll something here. Okay. Excellent. So this time the fleet will kind of bustles on over to you. This uh, female Goliath, she comes over to you and shoves you aside, Mal, or tries to if you allow her. Uh, and she looks at your work and she goes, Ugh. Yeah, this looks good. Yeah, this looks good. Looks like you won't be choking down bones tonight, all right? All right, get this off. This one's done. This one's cooked. All right, and uh, you. And so she she leaves you in Fleeple alone for a tiny, a little bit of a moment here. Um, but she it goes to the main people turning the large spit and some of the smaller spits here. Again, grabbing some and chucking them a few feet away. But yeah, you have a little bit of a moment to discuss with each other. Have you heard from Fallen? Uh, yes, he saw Vandal. I'm sorry, what? Yes, uh, we should probably respond to him. I got caught up in the moment. Um, yeah, I look down at the Sending Stone show it to Mal. The three triple pips just go <laughs> on the iPhone. Just like, when are they going to respond? Uh, that, that's, uh, that's, that's, um... Is he, is he following him? Did he just see him pass by? Uh, um... 
His message said he was following. He was in pursuit, I think. Uh, see if he found out which camp Vandal's in and where he is now. Uh, I will relay that. Which camp is he staying in? Where is he now? Yeah. Lance, as this is happening, you see that Vandal is going towards the white camp and his pace slows a little bit as he seems to be a little bit more comfortable here. The ways do part, but you see other individuals in purple robes come up to Vandal and start speaking with him as he discusses with them. Are these purple robes signifying rank? Signifying allegiance? It's definitely a rank situation. Okay. Yeah, wasn't Mondath in purple robes? Yes, oh, okay. Mondath had a purple robe. Gotcha. And their Resmir was also in purple robes as well. So purple robes are high rank. Sometimes ceremonially Did we used. get purple robes? You did have purple robes at one point. Fleeple, you got... I mean, is that is that one of the things that... Yeah, um, what's his face? Leosin? Leosin did not give you purple robes. Okay. He was not able to procure them. But Fleeple, way back when, got purple robes. I'm not sure where those purple robes ended up. That might have been given to Leosin. I knew... I know that I, like, pulled them out during the Council of Waterdeep when we were trying to convince people, but I can't remember what I did with them after that. We'll figure that off screen here and see if we can come up with that. But yes, this there are other individuals. It seems that Vandal is comfortable in the white camp here. And although currently he hasn't gone to his house or gone into a tent necessarily, but he is conversing, discussing matters. Um, his entourage is lax. At this point, like his guards are no longer gripping their swords. They are they are actually talking with other people as well. You're fairly confident that the white camp is where Vandal is making his home base. Good to know. Uh, I will, with the message I got from Fleeple, we'll just, I will message back at the white camp north. Oh, we're, dang it. I mean, I didn't want to go to the white camp, but we're going to have to go to the white camp. Do we have to go to the white camp? I feel like maybe we should have to go back to the black camp. Maybe, should we let, do we, do we trust Lance to keep his head? No, I think that he should come with us back to the camp. Uh, I text him, come with us back to the black camp. I leave it on red. <laughs> Don't leave us on red. <laughs> for, for a time, at least. It just says delivered. Yeah. <laughs> after he doesn't respond after a while, I say, that, that was Malamar's suggestion. I, I think you can do whatever you want. Just just don't do anything stupid. Love you, bye. <laughs> Love you, bye. Are you being the good constable right now? Do I need to be the bad constable right now? I don't know which constable is which constable. <laughs> he finally admits it. <laughs> I've never known. It's all these years I've never known. <laughs> Only took 90 episodes. Mal will roll her eyes and reorient herself around this well of the dragons. Where is the white camp in relation to us currently? Are you asking the DM? I am asking the DM. It is just like directly north of you. It's the next camp over. I think we should go find Lance. I don't trust him to make good decisions and not do anything I wouldn't do. Wow. While he's following Vandal. I don't trust you to make good decisions. <laughs> I'm sorry. Trust is earned, Lance. I've earned this. 
<laughs> all right. As you as you start to leave, this Goliath woman's like, "All right, fancy pants, let's get some of this meat on a plate and uh, smear your whatever sauce all over it and uh, whatever you want to do and uh, let's see if we can go uh, impress some of the people around here, huh?" Ah, uh, yes, of course. Uh, give me just a moment, and I turn to Gerga, and I say, uh, do you want to take care of that while I take care of this? Fine, but I think that you should keep... Should you keep the rock? I'm worried about us splitting up too many ways. I'll, I'll hang on to the rock, yes. All right. You be careful, and I'll meet you back by the butcher? Sure, yes. All right. And Mal will jog off towards the white camp. Great. All right. So what I'll have happen is Lance, if you're holding your ground, mm-hmm. let's have Lance and Mal roll a d6. Uh, six. A three. Okay. So as Lance and Mal progress forward together, at this point, Mal catching up to Lance. Fleeple split for a time, but with Ascending Stone and with the intention of impressing maybe some of these purple-robed folks, we will have to see what happens next time on I Cast Fireball. You're not going to tell us what the rolls were for? No, he's not. No, I'm not. Oh, my boy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Woo. I just like this D6 thing never happened until Thomas found out I can roll 24 automatically. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> now, all of a sudden, I'm rolling sixes all of a sudden. For you to roll. <laughs> We've done the D6 thing a couple times, but <laughs> certainly not to this extent. It's almost as if you're in a high intense situation yes, for sure. here. Yes, yes, we are. Allowing for random encounters or benefits might be a good way to help facilitate what happens here. Well, this is a ton of fun. Discovering the dynamics of each of these camps or each of these sections. Vandal coming out. This is some good fun stuff that we've been building towards for quite a while. I, I need to give props to... Uh, really Mickey and Jacob and Ned here. I've done a lot of preparation obviously for the the end of the campaign here and I have all these plans laid out and it's, it's really cool to see how the players here are interacting with these plants and how those plans are getting changed as a result of their actions. That that back and forth is something that's really satisfying. So I'm very pleased with how things are turning out and how things are going to keep going here. So thank you, Jacob, Ned, Mickey, for, of course, bringing your A-game to these sessions. But listeners, thank you for following us on this crazy adventure, for us seeing how we're going to yes and, seeing how uh, we're going to react to the situations that occur. Uh, But thank you for following us. And if you like what you're hearing, please leave us a five-star review on the podcatcher of your choice. We're also on social media, at iCastFireball20, Twitter, X, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, all of those places that you can take a look, you can leave a message, you can direct message us. We have an email, iCastFireball2020 at gmail.com, where we shout out uh, people that message us, that that are letting us know about their games, uh, leaving some of those reviews. We love 
hearing from you guys. Speaking of which, here's an email from Diane. Diane sent us an email uh, a little bit ago here at where they said it's been a couple months since they had reviewed. They got a little bit behind, but they're enjoying every single episode. They have a question about the Battle of Arthur asking how many hit points Arthur actually had. And I think uh, each of my players have asked me this, but we're going to we're going to address this on a word of recall. We're not going to address it here in the outro. We just wanted to shout out Diane for shooting us an email and a review. Diane, thank you so much for listening. And finally, uh, we're going to shout out Hunter, who reached out to us through, I believe it was Instagram, just saying just a little appreciation message. They found ICF a couple months ago from their girlfriend when she referred them to listen to it, wanting to learn more about D&D. They thought they'd listen to a couple episodes to give it a try, but ended binging the whole thing. Uh, Hunter, that's pretty much exactly what happened with me and Ned, honestly. We were playing Pathfinder at the time. We found Sneak Attack, and we're like, oh, this would be really cool to learn the new system. Binged all 140 episodes that they had. Fantastic. So, Hunter, that means a lot to us that you would have that same experience that we had as well. And before we leave Hunter's uh, shout-out here, Hunter asked us to shout-out his girlfriend, Morgan, as well. So, Morgan, you got a great boyfriend. And uh, thank you for introducing Hunter to the podcast and for listening as well. So uh, thank you both. If you want to get a shout out or if you want to interact with us on a daily basis, go to our Patreon where we have a tier where you can interact with us on our patron only Discord channel. We have a ton of fun conversation, ton of fun quizzes that are going on there. So don't forget to look at those tiers to see what works for you. Don't want to forget shouting out our sister podcast, uh, Improv Tabletop, where Ned's going to go through some Fate Accelerated campaigns, mini one-month adventures where everything is absolutely improv with suggestions from you, the audience members. So don't forget to leave them a five-star review on the way out. Lastly, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends and fellow wacky adventurers. But until next time, I'm Thomas, your DM, and around the table we have... Malamara and Gurga. Lance Thalen. Fallon. And Flipple und Jürgen Rahmen. <laughs> Let's keep that fire going, everybody, and we'll see you all next time.